Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 20? I, I mean, I'm sorry, episode 20. And FYI, it's called a venti because it's 20 ounces. 20! Venti! Is that true? Who let us really get this far? I mean, I, I we really appreciate everyone listening, but I feel like someone would have come in by now and like just told us to like cut this crap out. My name's Matt. As always, I am joined by Dre, Kyle, and Alex. I'm here. I'm calling Dre Dre. Dre is like a Justin thing. Speaking yes. of Justin. God damn it, Trey. Can we play you every week? Nope. <laughs> we gave Justin the night off. I, I honest to God don't blame him because like once next week, kind of like we're going to have our pre-tournament episode next week. Once that episode kicks off, I feel like we're going to end up doing like multiple episodes a week. And I think we all need the vacation we can get. And hey, let's hope I- on like those lunches that it's not disappointing. I I have a story about that later, but we'll we'll get to that later. We're going to talk about the food. We're going to talk about it all. I just want to let you guys know I really enjoyed the rest I was able to get last week. You guys did an awesome job, but I am so glad to be back for this episode. I am so so much to talk about. But as always... We're going to talk about what we're drinking first, because that is what this podcast is really about. Heavy amounts of alcohol and deep conversations with your friends. I will start off, because Justin's not here and I refuse to not include him, I oh, have a- boo. Boo, don't do it. Bottle of water. No! Boo! Boo. Get the water out of here. Who are you? The water is just for Justin. I oh, have asked of the heady popper that Justin got me all the way from Vermont. First and foremost, this is, whew, what an IPA. This is so smooth, so good. I actually did a little bit of research because I'm like, how do I get a keg shipped to my house? I found out this beer was voted the fourth best beer in 2018 from Beer Advocate. And I'm sitting here like, that that company like rates thousands of beers a year. This one got number four. So I have to figure out a way to get one of those kegerators that Shorts guy was talking about. And I'm gonna need to have genuine draft uh, going on <laughs> seven. Uh, Dre, what are we drinking? I, uh, I I'm kind of with Justin here this time because he always asks if I have a cocktail or a beer. This time I have a cocktail. It is Alex. Correct me if my Spanish is wrong. Un burro mexicano. It's a uh, Mexican mule, is that correct? That was good, that was really good, man. <laughs> yeah, it's called it's a Mexican mule. It's a nice tequila-based beverage. It's hot as shit here, it's a summer, so some, some tequila is very nice this time of year. Is your air condition set to 80 again, Dre? It's set to nothing, so I'm gonna sweat for the next hour and then just crank it. So <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, that's that. Alex, what are we drinking? So I cannot make it to the liquor store after work today. So I am kicking it back with, I think Matt's going to like this one, a raspberry white claw. Nice. Uh, for, for a second, I thought you were going to go borrow PBR from Kyle. <laughs> no, no, no. I have standards. I have standards. Actually, yeah. never mind. I drink white claws. I don't have standards. That's a complete <laughs> lie. That's I'm right. lying. That's right. So there are no laws going on on this podcast right now. None, because none whatsoever. Provided the clause. Speaking of going with the tradition, 
There is no shirt on Kyle at the moment. And I have a feeling like we're going to get an alcoholic beverage that we've heard maybe one or two times on this podcast. So last week I put on a shirt and I drank an IPA. Gross. This week (laughs) I'm not wearing a shirt and I have a 24 ounce PBR. I'm back and I'm even more of a piece of shit than usual. (laughs) There you go. Absolutely not. You know who's a you know who's a piece of shit right now? Everyone in the South, but not the South. I'm gonna target the great state of Florida who does not know is it, how to is it that great? Is what that great? The great state of Florida? Is is it that great? Honestly, it's as great as it's gonna get. I mean, it got a whole lot greater. They got Luis Robles. I don't know I mean, what's better, the uh, coronavirus or the meth gators, but that's separate Google searching for all of them. <laughs> meth gators. Terrifying. Meth gators. Terrifying. They oh, kill God. hundreds of thousands of people a year. Let me tell you about meth good gators. Good God. Why is this the first I'm hearing of a meth gator? Google it. It's such a beautiful story. <laughs> that sounds like a bo- That sounds like a big boss at the end of a video game. Like now I you have to. Kyle. Give us a spark notes on meth gators real quick. So basically, official uh, government officials in Florida have warned people not to flush their drugs down the toilet, and because they don't want them creating m- hyper aggressive meth gators. That like you could shoot this, them a bunch of times, they'll keep coming at you. Had to have happened. Yes, that was an official stuff. government warning. Are, are you sure it wasn't like a report that came out of like Alex Jones alongside the memo that like the water turns the frogs? No, get? because me and it a friend of mine memo. were actually. Me and a friend of mine were actually talking about it at length because we've had this joke for quite some time. And then he shared me this story with me and he's like, oh, dude, no shit. It's happening. I want everyone to know right now, the second this podcast is over, I'm buying an Inter-Miami jersey. And on the back, (laughs) (laughs) good God. Wow. No longer the battle of you. It's going to be meth gator darby and that's final okay that the only way to do it is meth gator darby speaking of an opening game i'm gonna read off a bunch of wonderful things going on in the mls right now and we're gonna discuss if this is even going to happen because now there's all these reports coming from espn that multiple players from multiple teams are opting to not travel with the team foregoing money and they Nobody would rather... wants to be FC Dallas. That's the issue. Speaking of FC Dallas, who six of their players tested positive. Congratulations, guys. You're doing a great job. I'm not saying you're at fault. I'm just saying that. Oh, hey, that's you not probably... overall. Not counting the three. Counting the three that uh, from before they landed in Orlando. You also have players, like I said, leaking that they don't even want to go. Actually, about. 20, 30 minutes before we actually got on and recorded, talk about some breaking news. Carlos Vela, probably the biggest name in MLS at the moment, basically the Lionel Messi of the MLS, has leaked that he will not travel due to the fact that his family cannot travel and his wife is supposedly not just pregnant, but very pregnant. So Supposedly? I, <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know how far along she is. I didn't look that up, but she, from the reports that I've kind of like read through really quickly before we started, she is very pregnant. So I 100% agree with Carlos Vela, who's probably already made more money than he'll ever know what to do with. 
stay home, take care of your family. Always take care of your family. If you're listening to this podcast, take care of your family. That's it. It, 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 This is a sport. And at the end of the day, uh, unfortunately, I think the tournament will happen because Don Garber is just the 21st century of Lord Farquaad. Some of you (laughs) may die, but that's a risk I'm willing to take because all he cares about is making money. At the end of the day, you're putting people's lives in risks. And I want to know where Don, I want to know where Don Garber is going to be when this tournament's kicking off. Cause I bet you he's not going to be in Florida. It will I, not be Florida. I, and that's what I'm saying. It's so easy to send the troops to go do your dirty work. But while you're sitting at home on your Barker lounger, sipping your, you know, you know, twisted tea, you know, cause you know, he's the prick who drinks twisted tea. Um, <laughs> he's just money hungry. He's already complained about all the money MLS is already losing. And like, we get it, dude. Every league in the world, every sports league in the world, not just soccer, every sports league in the world is losing money from all this. Stop complaining like you're the only one. Everyone. Yeah, just think of the tens and tens of people that won't get to go to Red Bull Arena this month. No, but it, and it's also the, the, long, the long game of this is if more players get sick, that's how much longer we're going to have to wait for MLS health to come is, back. We yeah, have to wait health for these is more players important. To get back to us. That's a lot more money we're going to lose in the long run. Like you, you, the, the, the more that we try to push something that shouldn't happen, it, Dre always says this quote to me, and I love it, and I started using it very frequently. Wash you, your ass? If you Wash play, your ass. Taste this chicken? If you play stupid games... You win stupid prizes. And I feel like you see the way the Premier League and you see the way leagues around Europe are handling it. They're able to do what they're doing. And I get it. It's not the same travel that it is in the United States. But I'm talking along the lines of if if five players from one team get sick, you know they're not staying in rooms by themselves. You know they're communicating with other teams. They're then communicating with staff at these hotels and at these events. Then they are transmitting it to every single person. If something happens where 33% or higher of the people traveling to Florida get sick, the MLS could shut down. Yeah, I think it's just I'm, a matter of time at this point. I'm curious as to why... They chose. I mean, I, I guess I kind of know the answer of like why they chose Florida. It's because Florida A has all the facilities and stuff, and they're one of the few states that are allowing lots of different sports events to happen because they have. And as far as the 50 states in America, they have very lax restrictions on those kinds of things. I know the WWE has a performance center there. I know the NBA was having a tournament there. I know AEW has a, a, a facility in Jacksonville. So like a lot of different sports companies across the country are using Florida as their home base because they're still allowed to. But at the same time, when Florida is one of the states that's having an increase in cases as opposed to a decrease and never really committed fully to a, a legitimate quarantine and tracing and, and testing, all that kind of stuff, when you have that state as as the home base for this tournament specific, you know, I, I feel like you could have done better picking you know something away from a lot of you know urban areas and a lot of population somewhere just out in the middle of nowhere and throw the tournament over there how expensive is it to build a field like i, I like i can't imagine that it costs the at least five dollars <laughs> between so my, five and five million something like so, that 
But no, no, I'm not talking stands. I'm not talking anything like that. Take your VAR, shove it up your ass. I'm physically James talking Earl about Jones going to build it. If you build it, they will come. But really, when you think about it, like I agree wholeheartedly, and Dre and I have had this. We had this conversation this weekend. Go to the middle of a field in Montana, build ten fields. No one's going to talk to anyone when they're out there because it's the middle of Montana. Like, I, I just, I just, I think it's going to be an absolute shit show. Alex has also said how much this is, dude. This is just a domino that's getting ready to be pushed, and a bunch of other shits about to happen. Absolutely. Talking about talking about shit. MLS players are now taking photos of the wonderful $65 meals that they're getting. And when I say shit, oh shit, I thought like, yo. I would be more happy if I got that box with shit in it. If you put a turd in between two sandwiches, it would look more appetizing than the sandwich that they're getting. I, I can't talk about this anymore. I've, I, seen, I, I've seen better quality sandwiches come out of a 7-Eleven. I've seen bananas nicer out of 7-Eleven. Like, I guarantee you, players are tweeting. not even counting the quality of the items that they're using to prepare these meals, I guarantee you, if any of us have ever like come home from work, not wanted to do anything, and made a sandwich, you probably put more on that sandwich than these people did for these $65 sandwiches. $65. If I'm going to a restaurant and I'm paying $65 for a sandwich, it better be dripping with gold. It better be able to file my taxes after I'm I want eating. dancing lobsters. Bring want, in the dancing lobsters. I want Dre. So Dre happens to actually work for an MLS franchise, kind of. He works for the Red Bull a little bit. And I, he was describing how he has like something to talk about when it comes to these meals. So, uh, Dre, please help us out here. So, yes, my story is I I think I told it earlier on some point on the podcast. I think maybe we had TJ on. I recently also got a job at Red Bull Arena working as part of the stadium staff. And I worked one game so far. So I don't know how widespread this is, but I worked one game. And it was the U.S. women's doubleheader where it was uh, Spain versus USA, and then their earlier game was, I think, England versus Japan, if I'm not mistaken. So I worked that day. It was a, a fun day, actually. But when it come to our lunch break, I'm like, oh, yeah, like they're just going to have you know catering for all the crew back in one of the offices or something like that. Nope, you show up, and there's a little prepackaged box with, I shit you not, like probably the same sandwich and like a bag of chips, and that, that literally was like the lunch they fed to the arena staff for a doubleheader game, which is, it's upwards of a 12-hour day. And the lunch that we got served was a small prepaid, prepackaged fucking sandwich, like a quarter of a pickle slice and a bag of chips. Wow. And I'm like, homie, homie, oh, come yeah, I on. I would have been pissed. Yeah. I've got, I've got like, where, am I, where are my empanadas? Where, Dude, I've you know, got yeah, I threatened somebody. Somebody's going to get me braces while I work this game or I will cut you. I've gotten better catering from like a NYU thesis film where the budget is like they're shooting in the in his mom's backyard. I've gotten better food from that than I have it at my one game at RBA. But um, for them to serve that to the players is like okay, they they treat the staff like shit anyway. I mean, not my experience, but in general, like staff, you know, are not high paid players. You you want to keep the players happy. Giving them that and also saying it costs sixty five dollars. 
fuck you. Give me $65 in cash and I'll go I'll go get my own goddamn frilly like a king on $65. I don't need your your $12 fucking sandwich and bag of chips. $12. I wouldn't even give it that much, dude. Like I was actually thinking about it. Like I've been like past jobs I've had, I've had to go to like off-site trainings where they put you in a hotel and they give you a budget of like I think they give you like $60 a day or something like that. And you think to yourself, like, okay, 60 bucks, a good breakfast, a cup of coffees, a good lunch, and a good dinner. I, maybe I'm spending five or $10 out of my own pocket. $65 for that? You gotta be kidding. Me. We're gonna, like, I'll, put it, I'll put it up on the social media tomorrow about the exact picture of like that the players are sending actual piece of paper that describes why it's $65 that is actually even funnier than like oh oh my god Alex printed it out we actually have some photos on there too I do have a photo of it we can we can put them in the show notes but I I, I definitely printed out all the photos of the sandwiches and the menu and the, the craziest part is if you hear some of these meals I mean I can't pronounce half the shit on this menu I'm gonna read the one that I can though so the one that the second player actually put out there was the bourbon glazed smoked Virginia ham with Alpine Swiss cheese, Dijon mustard, and a caraway Kaiser with imported titum salad, heirloom apples, dried cranberries, roasted almonds, herb, vinaigrette with, and this is the best part, seasonal whole fresh fruit. But they just got a banana, a ham and cheese sandwich, and I'm pretty sure like two potato slices on the side. My only question with everything going on is, down the line, I think it was like an all-star game or something, but like Chipotle sponsored like an event for the MLS or they've sponsored things in the past. MLS, team up with Chipotle, get these guys a, 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 a burrito bowl for lunch and dinner and fuck, uh, bagel shops. They can, you know, pork roll, eggs. This is and Florida, cheese. Matt. This is not New Jersey. Who cares? There's well, the fuck, cook some meth gators, dude. What's what's go. interesting? What's interesting? I saw in an article is that they're technically still allowed to order things from like let's say Uber Eats, DoorDash, and like other local ride-sharing apps. But doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of, you know, yeah. staying quarantined and no outside contact? I don't know how true it is, but I don't. This whole food situation. Is Dude, you give me sixty-five dollars worth of Uber Eats credits, I will eat better than a Virginia <laughs> ham sandwich with fresh local fruit. Like mm-hmm. fresh oh. local fruit. It was a banana. He got a banana and it was half brown. In quotations. Uh, God, God bless you, Don Garber. God bless they you. could have at least given them like a Disney meal plan or something. <laughs> at least like an ice cream sandwich in the shape of Ms. Like, like Mickey's face. No, oh, like, what did you that. eat for breakfast? I ate one of those Mickey waffles. It was small, but like it's better than this <laughs> it was half rotten banana. I could go on and on about how Disney overcharges. There was recently a video. There's a comedy page. Now, I just got married to a beautiful Portuguese woman and they follow this one comedy page, which is called the Portuguese kids. Really funny. It's basically like Portuguese lifestyle. And one of the videos is Portuguese dad goes to Disney world. Oh, $16 for a pretzel. I bet you it's a really big pretzel. And it's like the size of like a dollar coin. (laughs) Oh, Oh, like that's how I have to assume the MLS is like filing these payments. It's like, oh yeah, th- th- don't don't worry, guys. This sandwich definitely cost us sixty five dollars. Is it sixty five dollars because it's in Disney? 
like or because we have to pay we have to pay some board members you know what they should do in disney's defense on this which anybody who knows me knows i don't defend disney very 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 much like ever they ruin Mm -hmm. my favorite things and they i hate them but (laughs) they're staying at the one hotel that while it's disney owned and on disney property is actually marriott like ran they do not run that hotel all right, but I've stayed at Marriott's where I've gotten a lot better food than a ham and cheese sandwich, dude. Yeah, but I've also stayed at Marriott's where the crackhead tried to suck my dick in the fucking breakfast buffet. So, like, I don't know. Okay, There's but that, a didn't wide cost, line. that cost you $65? That would have been a good max. deal. 20, 20, bucks max. 20 bucks max. You know what they should have Yo, done? Yo, here's $65, a ZJ, and an egg. Have, have a good one. <laughs> You know what they should have done? I don't know how many of you guys have seen Sunderland Till I Die, but they should have hired the really nice chef lady that works for Sunderland Kitchen. They should have brought her over. She's the sweetest old lady who's a diehard fan. They should have brought her over, had her serve the entire MLS, and they would be eating like kings, and they would all fall in love with that old sweet lady. At least get them some Dole Whips. God. If you haven't watched Sunderland Till I Die, pause the podcast. No, don't wait. Close. We will wait. We're going to record until you finish, so just hurry it up. Close Spotify. There's two beautiful seasons of the most disappointing documentary of your entire life. And then you can come back and listen to the rest. For those who already have, or if you're back, welcome back to the Post and Pints. (laughs) How was it? (laughs) How was it? How was it? Did you fall in love with the little cook old lady, too? Yeah, we did, too. You disappointed? Did you think Sunderland was going to get promoted? Yeah, so did all of us. So did all of us. I think the guy I felt most bad for on that show is just the one guy who's like, yeah, we wanted to do all this in the offseason. They said no. And he's just trying to keep a smile on camera for every episode, and he's just dying. <laughs> like our buddy Dude, Will, Will Griggs still plays for him. Will Griggs <laughs> is still on that D. Like, our, like, I proposed that our transfer budget was going to be $30 million. They gave me 4 <laughs> <laughs> This is why you get ham and cheese sandwiches. Uh, speaking of ham and cheese sandwiches, that's the worst transition I could possibly do. We have a question someone actually reached out to us about, which was basically how are soccer, like, when soccer does eventually return? Some of the str- there was a lot of struggling teams in the MLS, at least when it came to attendance. You know, your Houston's, your Red Bulls, your Dallas. There's a lot of teams that like had just a really difficult time getting more than five, six thousand people into the games. How, if when? Am I? This isn't like I'm not putting a year on it, but how do the older teams keep up with all these brand new teams and all these brand new franchises that are selling out games every single game. I look at it as this. When soccer eventually does come back, you're not going to be able to get a ticket. It doesn't matter if it is Red Bull or if it is Dallas, Houston. It doesn't matter. You're not getting a ticket. You better know someone who knows someone because the second live soccer is around. Are you you saying MLS? I'm not going to get a ticket for I don't. I actually disagree with you on that. They'll they'll pull those tarps off so quick and then, like, oh, no. no, Certain markets will get big booms. I think that if it's a team that doesn't get a lot of attendance, 
I think if it's a team that doesn't get a lot of attendance currently, you might get a boom in attendance from people like, oh, you know what? We haven't gone out in so long. There hasn't been live sports. I'll take my kids out to a game. You're not going to get the kind of attendance that they're aiming for, which is, oh, well, I've been only watching soccer on TV for so long and I haven't been to a game. You're not going to get those people into stadiums. It doesn't matter if you're the last sport. But I look at it as like this. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to be like exactly like what you said. Oh, my God, I haven't left the house in God knows how long. And there's live soccer down the street or there's live soccer in my state for 20 bucks. Red Bull tickets are 20 bucks upstairs. Like, it's not like you have to spend an arm and two kidneys to get into these games. It's 20 bucks. They're going to go to a game. But I think the only way to compete with these teams is to like – We've been hammering it home for episodes, but like you got to sign players worth buying tickets for. I 100% agree. That's a part of the plan I think MLS teams should do. MLS needs to take advantage of that initial boom because I think every team is going to experience a boom where that first four to five games, you're going to experience extremely high attendances that you normally don't get. You need to do everything in your power to keep them there. And like you said, Kyle, first thing you got to do, bring in some nice talent. Bring in some exciting, nice talent. Because if you, if people rush into your stadiums, come in and then watch boring 0-0 draws with Danny Royer putting the ball 80 yards up next, like, come on. No one's going to come back for that. What do you think? I don't know. I, I kind of think the opposite. I think, well, I think there is going to be a boom when people say, hey, there's live sports, you can go back to the stadium. But in my honest opinion, if there's no like actual vaccine, I can see attendance really going, just going down again. I can see a lot of families going, we're not going to go out and see them, the wives or the husbands going, you know, we're not going to try to get the, the kids sick or ourselves sick. And I think they're going to either have to come up with really, really clever ways to get people back in there and feeling safe. Like I said, that's that's talking about that's from a perspective of there not being a cure. If there is a cure, totally, people are going to be crazy to go out of their house. You know, my I guess like the way the question was delivered to us when they said soccer is back, I assumed like everything is good, the world is back to normal. Andre, to finish this up so we can go on to the next topic, what what are you thinking? What do you think MLS teams need? One, do you think there will be a boom when soccer comes back? And two. What do you think is the best solution for MLS teams to retain this, that initial boom? Right. So I actually disagree with you that there's going to be a boom. I'm more along the lines of what Alex was saying, where I think that unless there's a very effective vaccine proven, like once the stadiums do start allowing fans to come back in, I do think it'll be very gradual return. I don't think it's going to be one of those like, oh, it's finally we're allowed out. Let's just a bum rush the arena. I think it's going to be like a lot of people are going to be like, okay, how's this going to go? They'll like have the first two weeks of games and they'll wait for the reports to come back and see if there's any, you know, uptick in cases. And then if they feel comfortable there, then they might go to the next game after that. But I, I think it will actually, as opposed to being a bum rush all at once, I think that it'll be like a slow trickle of return. And then along the other part of the conversation of like, attendance numbers and all that kind of stuff like yes we do need to increase attendance at rba and across the mls and having signing better players is a good way to go about that playing captivating football is a good way to go about that 
And, you know, until you kind of get the perfect balance of those two, you know, you, you can't really expect to fill your arena every week like Atlanta or LAFC do. So speaking of, in you know, exciting football, speaking of building your own brand and your own team, another question we actually had asked to us, uh, we really appreciate, by the way, and, and like people just reaching out to us. Like we haven't like put up on any of our social medias, like people reaching out to us about like questions and stuff like that. But you guys actually have reached out to us and we just really do appreciate everyone doing that. Like we're going to start doing a little bit more. We've been a little bit off on the social media lately and that's all my fault because I'm the one who runs it all. Cause I'm a piece of shit. Damn it, Matt. A question reached out to us was if you could build your own MLS team who would be the player you would want to start your franchise with and all four of us we kind of like all went through and we all like kind of discussed it a little bit and you know what we thought it was an interesting question to kind of deliver here anyone want to go first I'm going to go with uh, so so I I, I kept it within the MLS and Call me. You can call this a cop out answer because I am a Red Bulls fan. But I picked Luis Robles. I think that he did an amazing job as a captain. He did an amazing job rallying his team and keeping them together. He's very personal and professional in the camera. So I think overall he's just like an iconic soccer figure who can get shit going from someone. I was thinking about Luis Robles a little bit because you know you're talking about a leader, not just only on the field but in the community. Um, mm-hmm. Ready. In Miami, he's such a fan favorite, and they've played two games. Like, yep. he's one who the entire environment kind of just circles around him, and I 100% agree with that. The one reason why I didn't choose Louise or think about Louise is it's just his age. Because when you're starting a franchise, you're looking yeah. you, you want someone who's there for a while. And I feel like he is worth of 30. Now, don't get me wrong. Goalkeepers, I mean, you look at Nick Rondon. Yeah. Like, Dude, he, he was in the league until he was 40. Like, I, Luis Robles still has, I think, like seven years left on his legs. And first of all, if you've ever looked at him in person, he takes really good care of himself. He's a beautiful human being. <laughs> beautiful. But it's also that. He he could, he could at, at retirement age, you know, throw him on the team, give him some type of role in there. He, I don't know, I can see him going very far in the soccer world. He is a person that people love to follow. I know a lot of Red Bull fans personally that follow him, even though he's not with us anymore. And we all know he's always been a person of the people. So he's always going to be that that guy that is very personal in front of the camera or on the field. I'm telling you right now, the MLS Iron Man, you, I mean, you don't have to worry about him taking off time. Dre, what are you thinking? <laughs> so um, I was thinking of a player that... It, it, what I was looking for is a player that may not be the best attacking player or the best defensive player or, or, you know, the best quality player in general, but someone that is consistent and is there for the team. And a name that I came up with is like a Diego Valeri, someone like him who stays on the team for a long time, committed to the team, is loyal. He shows up when he needs to. He has success. And, you know, he, he may not be the best player on the team or player in the league, but he is just there year after year consistently uh, showing up. So, like, someone with that kind of a work ethic and that kind of a track record is is, is definitely someone you want on your club. 
Diggory is, in fact, one of the better offensive players in this league. Don't discount yeah. him at all. Yeah, um, and, and like, right, and but he, I'm saying he, he doesn't have the star power of Carlos Vey or Zlatan or, you know, Martinez, but he is always in the conversation, you know? The one nice thing, when I was in Portland, and don't get me wrong, I, I we spent numerous nights in Portland at many different bars talking to multiple fans, and I'm just letting you know, not one person said one bad thing about Diego Valeri. You want to talk about a guy who is just a born captain, an MLS all-star. I'm telling you right now, he was on. He was up there on the people I was trying to pick yeah. for you know, who, who you would start. And you want to just talk about just, he's the perfect MLS talent. Yeah. He's great in this league, and he wouldn't want to leave for somewhere else. He's happy. Yeah. So Kyle, what 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 do you think? You're starting a team. Who's the first person you're taking off the board? Well, I I threw around some names back and forth a lot today, and uh, one thing I was thinking was youth because if I'm building a team, I'm not going the Boston Red Sox route and building my team around an older guy that's only going to play like one game in four years. So I'm actually going to choose uh, Gianluigi Buzio, Gianluca Buzio. My apologies. Kid's <laughs> 18. He's played. He's already has 26 appearances. Uh, he's starting for that team, and he only has for that team. Which team is that? Sporting KC. I'm telling you right now, the, the the ceiling. This kid doesn't have a ceiling. Like I know, like people say, the ceiling's the limit. But like at 18 years old, the fact he's... that he's the fact that he's arguably already one of their better players. And Kansas City is no joke. Kansas City is next to Minnesota and LAFC. They are up there for the three best teams in the league, much less the Western Conference. And he's one of their better players at only 18 years old. I'm telling you right now, I would definitely love to start my franchise with him. But I would just be worried that some European club is going to come in the next two years and snatch him up for me. When I was thinking about starting a team, and I think of like a captain and I think of someone who, you know, I'm looking at someone middle of the park, someone who is, you know, he's coming back on defense, but he's also pushing up on offense. I'm thinking Christian Roldan from Seattle. The reason why is this guy has been the captain of Seattle since he was 22 years old. He's an MLS all-star. He is an MLS cup champion. He also represents the country, you know, his country as well for the United States men's national team. And he's consistent. Like, I look at someone who it doesn't matter who the opponent is. He seems to have that same level and that same attitude. Like, it doesn't matter who he's playing. He's got that same aggression. He's pushing every single minute of every single game. When I, when I, when we went, when I went to Seattle, I was more baffled about how much this guy runs. This guy was covering box to box, coming back and playing defense. And then two seconds later, he is pushing the counterattack. It's someone who people just move around him and he is the center of the entire universe of his team. And that's what I think, you know, you should start your team with. And then you think age, this guy just turned 25 in June. So not only is he, in his prime, he still has probably another five to six years of his prime. Uh, I want to build my I want to build my team around a guy like that. 
Good call. Good call. Speaking of success, there's this coach who happened to be in the MLS not too, too long ago, and he played for a team that has bowls on their jersey. And Chris they, Armas? And they, I, think he, I think he's talking about, uh, what's his name? I, I think he's met Chris Armas once or twice. Uh, once or twice. So Kyle, not as good as him, though. So Kyle has officially left the Post and Pints group chat because those answers aren't allowed here. Chris Armis is not recognized as a good coach. We're talking about Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh, who... Jesse fucking Marsh. Oh, the one that didn't suck. That's right. Not (laughs) who is a Supporter Shield winner, but has succeeded not only with one, but two MLS teams, with not only succeeding with the Red Bull, he was very successful with Montreal as well. A couple seasons ago, he left for Red Bull Salzburg, and ever since then, he has been a complete success. Um, Absolutely. I'm going to hand this over to – he doesn't play in the Bundesliga, but – Well, in Austria, it's also called the Bundesliga. It's just the Austrian Bundesliga. It's close, so I'm handing it off (laughs) to my Bundesliga expert. Dre, take it away. Thank you for that report, Matthew. No, uh, I think we all, we've all we all been to games with Jesse Marsh. We know the man. We love the man. He's a great, great coach. And I'm just so happy that we're now getting a successful coach, American coach, in Europe. And what Jesse Marsh has done since being given the reins of uh, RB Salzburg is absolutely great. Not only has he produced talents like Erling Holland over at Dortmund, who's killing it, not only has he produced talents like Minamino, who got bought out by Liverpool and is doing great things over there, he has been the first American coach I know of that I can think of that has won a European double. He's won the Austrian Cup, and then he's won the Austrian League with RB Salzburg. And that is with losing those two players back in January, having to play the entire second half of the season without two pretty big-name stars. So I, I think that we, this coming from all of us, we give a huge round of applause to Jesse Marsh out in Salzburg because he's doing great things, and I hope that he just keeps on growing as, as a great coach there. Um, if I cry, as, will, you, will he come back? Do you I, if all four of us and five of us, including Justin, if we all start crying, does that, like, lure Jesse Marsh back to New Jersey? Is that how that works? On top of all of that, like, I, I follow the team from, you know, time and time to kind of see, you know, oh, who are going to be the next player that they steal from this team or whatever? Like, who is he producing? And then I look at some of their games. Today, as we speak today, they played a game. They won 5-0, and they had five different goal scorers. Like, five different players score a goal. They played a game either last week or two weeks ago where they had six players and all – sorry, six goals – and six different players scored goals. So this is a team that he has put together from not a huge budget and not superstars and is able to have everyone on the team uh, contribute. He's had six unique goal scorers in one game, five unique goal scorers in another game, and none of those are Erling Holland. So he just has a great project going on there, and we're all super proud of him. So go, Jesse. Dude, I'm telling you right now, uh, dude, you, you look at Jesse Marsh, and the one thing that I always appreciate is even at Montreal, even with the Red Bull, and now with Salzburg, he has the same game plan. 
but like, and people know what he's, he's all about the high press and the counter. And people still can't stop it. Like, imagine knowing your opponent's playbook and still not knowing, like, how the hell do I stop this? Aaron Robin made a career out of it. The man literally made a fucking career off of one goal that he just did over and over and over and over for 10 plus years. But you know what that tells me is imagine being so good that your opponent knows what you're going to do and you, they still can't stop and it. Can't, and that's all. Yeah. And and that's, I'm even, letting you all, that's just demoralizing at that point. And I'm letting you all know right now. I'm, I'm calling it. I think he's I I think he stays with German speaking. I think he ends up in the a lot of people are saying that it's going to be another year. They a lot of German teams want another year with him in the Austrian league before they're going to take the risk. But you know what? I'm telling you right now, if it's about halfway through next season and Salzburg are still absolutely being the piss out of everyone else in the Austrian league, and maybe you see a top four, top five team in the Bundesliga struggling, they're not happy with their coach. I could see a midseason where, hey, Jesse Marsh, here's the reins. Oh, here's the January transfer window, too. Hey, you have $80 million you can spend. I'm telling you right now, he's not going to give that up. I could easily, yeah. uh, see, I could see him going to a Dortmund. I, I really could. I think BVB would be the perfect spot. And I'm telling you right now, he's going to go and he's going to attract all those young Americans. All those young Americans are going to flock over to Germany because you know what? They're going to want to. They're already play. flocking over to Germany. Yeah. But they're going to want to play for an American coach. Yeah. They have there's, there's already an American coach currently in the Bundesliga, but he's not very good. We have, we have uh, Dave Wagner, uh, who coaches Schalke. Um, oh, yeah. Last year had a miserable season. This year is having a S season. Um, yeah. But yeah, David Wagner is coaching out there, just nowhere near the level of Jesse Marsh. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, he, he did a great job last year. He only relegated uh, Huddersfield. Almost. Yeah, oh, he, almost. Oh, he, yeah, he got Huddersfield relegated. He, he almost got Schalke relegated. Oh, or wow. Did, no, I, th- I think they picked him up after, I think they picked him up actually after they almost got relegated. I think this is his first year, but still not not a very good show. What a guy. Imagine, now, this is just for everyone listening, and this is what I call the David Moyes effect. I was going to go there. Where you're a coach. And all you do is get teams relegated, and yet you still get hired. Imagine being absolutely piss horrible at your job, <laughs> and yet other jobs want to hire you because you were successful ten years ago. Get the fuck out of here! Like I don't know, like I just don't know how people get these jobs. There are probably a bunch of young, awesome coaches in the second divisions who would love an opportunity, yet David Moyes keeps getting one. <laughs> Fuck me. Speaking of people who I don't understand how have like how they have jobs. Us oh, we're going a, here. Have joint. We have a once again. This is the second time we have a joint. What's pissing you off this week? And I, I, I'm telling you right now, this is a human being. Oh, Alex, wait, hold on. What what's pissing you off this week? This is very important to me, and I want. Everyone to listen very closely. Blue's Clues now receives emails rather than letters. And that's fucking absurd. Instead of clues, they get emails? It's an email now. Instead of the the notebook, it's a smartphone. They get text. Yeah. They write it down. That is absolute bullshit. 
Hold up. Exactly. Dude. I, I, I heard this today, and I don't think I worked for like three hours after the fact because I was so fucking mad. So what you're telling me? <laughs> you heard me right, Dre. Blue's Clues are no longer on letters and notes. They are now emails I on an iPhone. don't want to live in this world anymore. It's over. It's over. We have failed as a society and as a human, as the human race. That's it, Matt. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know we had this collective um, idea that we all agreed on, but this this just came up a couple hours ago, and I've been absolutely livid about it. I'm gonna let you know that this is the most okay I've ever been about being cut off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am pissed. First of all, why are these people still living in Steve's house? <laughs> I, I just, my face, my head, and my ears hurt. Like my ears hurt. I don't. I didn't know my ears could hurt before this. And I've listened to an entire Dance Gavin Dance album. And <laughs> I just, Yo. <laughs> what a blow. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Tell how you really feel. Like, <laughs> no, no. Let's 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 get is, at what's really pissing us off this week, man. Let's let's get at it. I He's really, you know what, Alex? Alex, I want you to know that I am completely okay with the thing you said. Now, I'm not okay with what's actually happening. Fuck that. <laughs> I, I is if Blue's Clues isn't physically written clues anymore, I don't want to live on this earth. Dre got it right. I mothership, take me away. I'm Dude, done with. What's that about? <laughs> what's it about? What are you teaching the future generations? Nothing. I can't. Can't. To be fair, half of them probably email. don't know what. A, half of them probably don't know what a letter is. Before I go on to the next thing, I am it's so the, worried. It's the symbol on the email icon, right? Oh, you 3D printed the email icon. Wow. So, the thing we actually agreed about before I found out about the second worst thing to ever happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> our neighborhood clown and i'm not talking about donald trump our neighborhood soccer clown formerly known as alexi lawless um, fox sports you know you know fox sports doing a great job over there good job fox sports you could barely cover the bundesliga but you know you yet alexi lawless makes a paycheck Alexi Lawless tweeted during the first women's, you know, the women's national soccer league here in the United States. And they were all protesting with black lives matter as the rest of the world has before the game kicks off all getting on a knee as a group. This is a collective that we're doing here that we're trying to understand the problems that are going on. And Alexi Lawless had the audacity. I, and, it, and it hurts my face thinking about what he said. It take it would take it like he was basically along the lines of it, it takes real it, courage to stand for the anthem these days. Holy fucking shit! Are you kidding me, you idiot? First of all, congratulations! You have no idea what's going on. Black Lives Matter. Good job, you fuck. That's the most bootlicker bullshit I've ever fucking heard in my life. Like, my, my my IQ dropped 50 points, and I already wasn't in the high teens. I'd rather <laughs> listen to Tim McCarver, and I hope all of you listening know how painful that is. 
Like, you have to understand that. And then immediately, like, hours later, you could tell, like, his boss called him and was like, if you don't retract this statement right now, you're fired. So he copped up with a cop-out bullshit tweet a couple hours later. Like, I apologize. My tweet was a misunderstanding. No, you idiot. We all understand what you tried to say. Congratulations. You don't understand about the real fucking problem going on in this world. It's people like you who is the reason why we can't progress as a society. Like, and then this just follows up with why does Alexi Lawless have a job? He barely succeeded in the MLS. He didn't succeed with the U.S. men's national team at all. I get he was a defender, but he was an average defender at best. Like, why does this guy have work? He is absolutely horrible at his job. All he does is tell stories about his wonderful time with the U.S. men's national team, about how he rode the bench. Like, this guy doesn't deserve to have work. And I'm really hoping that the pressure that Fox Sports and Fox is going to get from that nice tweet he had to send. I hope this is the exact last time we ever hear about Alexi Lalas, because let's be honest here. If Fox fires you, no one else is picking you up. ESPN already has a joke of a uh, soccer program. NBC has the best soccer broadcast in the world. They're not picking you up. Good luck, bro. It's just pathetic I, that we're sitting here and there's still people as fucking clueless as that. It's just heartbreaking to me, really. Like, it's 2020, and you have literally the entire internet. You have the entire knowledge that you've ever wanted to know at your fucking fingertips. Do a Google search. Read some shit. I don't know. Form your own opinion instead of saying some bootlicker nonsense like that. Alex, Dre, do you have anything to add before we wrap this up? Dude, I'm still crying over here about emails rather than letters. I don't want to talk about saying it. I got nothing, man. Emails, Matt! Emails! What the fuck? You're all missing the real question. I'll ask it again. Why are there still random people living in Steve's house? Where did Steve go? He went is to he like, Is he homeless? Where is he? Like, what's going on? I think it's still always. I think it still always baffled me that like randomly in the middle of the season, because I remember like watching like videos of this. It's like randomly in the middle of the season, like Steve was like, "Hey, I'm moving out." And this is my cousin or my brother or someone. He's moving in. And he's who looks nothing like me. I think he's been trying to move back in. I'm pretty sure that the new guy is calling squatters rights and he actually can't (laughs) evict him from his house. And Steve is just in the balance trying to find somewhere to live because he can't get these people out of his house. I can't watch to I can't wait to watch Judge Judy the <laughs> I'm telling you right now that midday television is about to get a lot hotter when Steve's fighting off everyone who's living in his house right now. <laughs> Hold up. So Jerry Springer now Jerry Springer has a court show. up to the witness stand. Yeah. Jerry Springer has a court show now, so let's throw him on Jerry Springer's court show and run with it. When did that happen? So they stopped the Springer show like this year, and now he has like it's it's Judge Jerry. He's like he's like a judge now, and he has his own courtroom show. So okay. Springer okay. shows over. Well, he couldn't compete with Steve Wilkos, the guy who fucking yeets chairs at people. <laughs> on, on he needs to be a security guard on his show. 
I'm done. I'm going to finish this beer. I'm going to end this podcast, and then I'm going to go bang my head against the wall. Flowers. <laughs> the last ten to fifteen minutes of this podcast physically hurt my face. Ladies, <laughs> Was it a dance, dance album? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on episode venti. I mean twenty because I'm a basic white bitch. Congratulations, you're stupid in three languages. My name is Matt. There's Dre, not Trey, Dre, Kyle and Alex, it's and so- Justin. Here in spirit, I'm going to take a sip of water before we leave. Thank you again. Justin does the thing where he adds the whole, like, follow us on all the social media stuff. So, yeah, good, good. Hey, we're two weeks away from MLS action. We'll see you guys very soon. Okay, bye. Maybe. I'm not confident. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Post and Pints. If you want to join in on the conversation or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, that's at Post and Pints Podcast. And remember, the banter is free, but the beer is not included. Drink responsibly.